Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Welcome to the MMA Fan Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Stu and Blake. Hello and welcome to the MMA Fan Podcast. I'm Stu Whiffin, sitting opposite me remotely via the means of uh, Zoom. Blake Harrison. You say that like it's right. a surprise. What, what, what's the, no, 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 it's not a surprise. Why the little pause? Are you building suspense there for your arrival? Well, I was like, and joining me is well, yeah, but Blake Harrison. But I, I, was, I felt like it was a slightly odd way to, to introduce it. It's like opposite me, and then I was just supposed to like just jump in. That I knew, like, oh, okay, you could have said opposite me is Blake Harrison, and I wouldn't have done my well, own intro. So you right, know, okay. Well, that gap there, I guess we could. I just presumed you was waiting for some kind of like brass fanfare or something like I that. I mean, but, I uh, think it should be expected, but you know, it's it's, it's fine. <laughs> it was more just like I didn't know if you were going to carry on speaking, do my introduction for me, or or if I had to to come in and and save what was quite frankly a dull opening that you did there, Stu. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, sitting opposite me today is Blake Harrison. Hey! Blake Harrison scores the winner at Soccer Aid. Yeah! He's amazing. Whoa! I don't know if you'll pick that up. That was me trying to do that. That reminds me of that. If you've got young kids, that Bowie or Moana, you're so amazing. From the movie Moana. Uh, you know, if those people out there like it, I'll tell you what I did this week for our, um, uh, for the middleweight episodes to publicize it. I put out, uh, what I thought was hilarious, uh, was, um, how do you solve a problem like the middleweights to the tune of yep. how do you solve a problem like Maria from the sound of music? I saw that. I, I thought that was absolutely brilliant. I didn't get much of a response. I feel response. you're saying that, that you feel a little bit disappointed I didn't respond. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, like. Sean Sheehan responded, you know, the old uh, the right. MMA podcasting legend Sean Sheehan responded. He, he, he liked it. He thought it was funny. Yeah. You know, how do you solve a problem like the middleweights? There you go. That's perfect. That's funny. That's good. I did not get enough of a response. I somehow wonder if there's a lot of uh, MMA fans out there that are not also fans of the sound of music, which... Possibly. Yeah, I mean, which took me by surprise, I must say. Um, so. <laughs> that would be a walkout song, wouldn't <laughs> that would it? Be, oh, that would be so... Oh, let's get on the blower to Tai Tuivasa. He's always up for that stuff. Oh, oh, it'd be great if there was like some kind of like, I don't know, like... 
you know how like some some of the um, fighters from kind of regions in South America, like you've got Michelle Pereira and stuff like that. Like, so it's technically for us kind of Westerners or Europeans, it's Michelle is more of a female name. If there was a bloke with the name Maria or even last name Maria, and he was like fighting someone, and they came out, how do you solve a problem like Maria? That would be amazing. That'd be great. Yeah. I'd be well up for that. That'd be so good. Ah, oh. <laughs> oh, but people were not expecting this opening to the show, were they? Certainly wasn't. Certainly wasn't. But they're going to have to deal with it because, well, we've got a big one today, oh, right? We've got just one of the biggest guests we, we've had on the show. We've got um, soon-to-be, fingers crossed, uh, flyweight title challenger, mm-hmm. Joanne, Jojo, Bad Mofo, at Dr. Neville on Twitter, which is one of my favourite Twitter handles ever. Uh, Jojo Calderwood we've got on the show. So how brilliant is that? Oh, honestly, I mean, we're, we're recording this for, for to give you a bit of an insight. We're recording this uh, ahead of our chat with, uh, with Joanne a little bit later because obviously um, Joanne's uh, overseas training, so the time difference. So I'm a little bit excited about this one, Blake. I'm not going to lie. Not that I'm not excited about all of them, but I've seen Jojo fight a few times and uh, the atmosphere, like, I mean, we'll talk about that on the episode, I'm sure, but this feels like uh, a real big one for me. Yeah, absolutely. Well, look, I mean, in terms of being close to a title shot, Joanne is probably one fight away. I mean, I think she's ranked six at the moment, uh, but she's fighting Lauren Murphy. I'd have to get the dates right. Later in the year, <laughs> I think it's like might yeah. be June or something like that. I think she's fighting Lauren yeah. Murphy, and that is widely seen as a number one contender fight. So if she beats Lauren mm. Murphy, that's it. She's up against yeah. likely to be Valentina Shevchenko, possibly Jessica Andrade, but likely to be Valentina Shevchenko, and that would be amazing. That means we could, I mean, get, if those two fights went well, we could have interviewed a UFC champion. Oh, that's no. pretty amazing, oh, isn't no. it? Absolutely. A big grin came on your face there and you looked up, you looked upwards to the heavens as if to say, oh yeah, that would be absolutely incredible. A little excitement just rushed across your face. It was tangible across the screen. Absolutely. I mean, that would be, you know, obviously that's what we all want for Jojo. Um, We we want to see her get that shot. We want to see her take that belt. That'd be absolutely incredible. I mean, all of these things, you know, her next fight and obviously, you know, the Andrade uh, Shevchenko fight, these are things that if we get time today, we should say that we're on a, a little bit of a tight time schedule um, due to, to uh, JoJo's calendar. So we're going to try and get as many questions in as we can today. Um, and if, yeah, obviously, we need to talk about the fights that could be coming our way. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I suppose without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, here's Joanne Calderwood. Well... Should we get going? Yeah, let's let's we'll we'll get on to the actual the the proper the proper <laughs> interview now. Um, but um, jo, Jojo, I've I've read that um, you got into martial arts sort of by mistake. That your brother was going to a class and his mate didn't turn up, so your mum said, "I'll go and keep him company." And I suppose the last thing that she was expecting is that you were going to then go on and make a career out of it. So how, how did that come about? Yeah, and still to this day, she's like, man, could you not just been in the beauty pageants, like <laughs> <laughs> picking a sport that you get punched in the face is not really it for anyone's 
uh, mum, I don't think that's uh, the dream that they, they they would wish for for their their sons and daughters. But uh, yeah, she still gives me crap about that, but she supports it. And she's seen like, I feel like she probably saw like I was kind of lost, like I was swimming and doing my schoolwork, but I didn't feel that I didn't feel like I, I got that connection with anything. I, I didn't really like school. I was kind of falling out of the love of uh, swimming. And then I think she just saw how much, how passionate I was for this. Like even after the first day, I was like, oh my gosh, I love this. <laughs> That's amazing. And then to sort of fast track a little bit, you you obviously got to a a ridiculously high level at Muay Thai and then moved into UFC to be the first person, the first woman out of Scotland to to compete in the UFC. And I want to ask questions about the pressures of that because I was at um, UFC Glasgow and and watched you fight there uh, and... I've been to quite a few events and I've never heard a crowd like I heard that night. And before I think it had even got to your fight, the chance of Stevie, Stevie, Stevie fucking Ray and the bagpipes and stuff was just like, I've got goosebumps thinking about it now, Joe. And then it just went another level when you walked out. And I just wonder, how do you deal with the pressure of, of knowing that and, and, and the weight of expectation of, of, of fans and, and the fact that the whole of Scotland's got your back. Like, how, how do you process that? Like, when I'm looking back on it, I still get goosebumps, like what you were saying. But for me, I just remember that feeling and I wasn't really feeling pressure. I was just feeling like this, I made, like I was proud and I felt like, man, this is awesome. I've just, like, looking back on it, it's great because I'm like, that's, like, I always remember myself in front of a bag, like, before anyone was in the gym or when everyone had left, and I'm just, I was just in my own little world, like, just doing this because I love it. And then, like, fast track to the way, like, that planned out and, my dedication to just standing in front of the bag for hours and like just being a loner and like fast track to all these people like in this arena like raising the roof for me coming out and fighting and then I think that was the one that kind of I was still in that moment and then I get hit by Courtney and I was like oh wait a minute are we not supposed to touch gloves but I was living in that moment and thinking, man, this is amazing, like, how far I've came. And, I, 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 yeah, there's there's always going to be pressure and there's still pressure, but uh, I loved it. I just loved that I had the support and I could do that. I could be there and do it. Back when you're, you you say you're you're there alone hitting the bag, like, before anyone's in the gym or after any, anyone's left, um, what what... Do you remember what you were kind of thinking about at that time? Are you just thinking, oh, I was taught to do this and taught to that, or you're thinking about the bag, or are you imagining young Jojo, young Jojo, are you imagining kind of being where you are now? No, definitely not. Like, I was just, I can just remember always wanting to go to the gym because I knew there was something drawing me there because, like I said, like outside of the gym, like when I was at school, uh, Nothing really clicked with me. But when I went to the gym, you know, 
everything got left at the, the door and I went in there and I just was in my own world and I was doing something that I loved and uh, I was not thinking about the whole world stopped and I was just there kicking the crap out of a bag or someone <laughs> or pads, you know, and that's the part that I loved. And so you you started off your journey in Scotland, but you since then you moved over to Syndicate MMA in Vegas. What what was it that that prompted that move? I left Scotland and I've been around. I went to Sweden. I went to Iceland a couple of times. Uh, I went to Thailand. I was just kind of at the stage of my life, like knowing that there was something better out there. Uh, so I was kind of like lost trying to find my way and I was trying to find better uh, female training partners. One, The one dream of mine was like, I just wanted someone the exact same as me to train with every day. And in Scotland, as you guys know, that it's not very big out there. And I, I had maybe a couple of Muay Thai girls, but the MMA it was like mostly training with guys. So I left and I actually my first move was to try star in Montreal because I knew they had a few girls. But when I got there, the girls weren't there. And oh. uh I kind of like, oh, geez, I've got all my suitcases and I'm here. So I tried to make it work and I was there for like a year, just under two years, I think. And it kind of didn't really work well because I did still really have that fire and I wanted training, female training partners. So then a lot happened, went to Australia, went different places and then ended up in Las Vegas and that's where... Syndicate came in to play where I am now, and I have we call ourselves the Syndicates, and there's like <laughs> twelve of us, and so now every time I turn up, there's always girls to train with, and I love it because you know that girls are different in this sport, and uh, their bodies are different. We're more aggressive, and uh, so it's a, a different dynamic when you're training a female training partners so you you go to syndicate mma you've now got the cindy chicks uh, i know you've spoken very highly of roxanne modafari one of your uh, uh, friends out there as well that trains with you um but what you also find is your now fiance john wood uh so i mean i i i directed a short film that my wife wrote a couple of years back and the whole experience was amazing it was a wonderful experience but sometimes when I was trying to give her some notes it didn't always go down very well (laughs) um so I mean if you're then having like John is your coach and you are the fighter what what are the the pros to having a relationship where you're so close to the person outside of the octagon and then they're coaching you inside? And are there any negatives as well? Because I have also seen a clip on Insta of you accidentally kicking him in the balls at one point. Um, and I suppose that's either a positive or a negative, depending on how well John's behaved that week. Yeah. Well, I'm finding out there's a lot of pros, especially when a pandemic happens. <laughs> Yes, of course. Yeah, you must be able to. You've got your own, you're living in with your private trainer. Even though I I know it's not really the same because it's not like I can spar with him because he's a big guy and he would probably hurt me if he got the chance to actually spar spar me. Uh, But uh, I feel like, yeah, at the very start, we were like, "Ah, I don't know about this, but 
we worked in uh, those kind of things, like, you know, keeping things separate. He done really well at that and I done really well at it. So it worked and it just worked. So there was no issue there. I mean, there's a few times that we've had, uh, like like you're saying about me kicking him in the balls. Yeah. He goes, <laughs> he, he probably, he is in that mode of, oh, my God. My fiance just kicked me in the dick, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> things like that. But it's things like that we laugh about, and we're always going to bring up. So uh, we we're pretty similar in sense of humor, even though he's an American, and I feel like we do get there is a language barrier there, <laughs> but we we make it work, and we have a really good relationship in the gym and outside of the gym. Um- Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Judge, I just want to take you back to, to, to when you were talking about um, the feeling you had walking out uh, at Glasgow. And I imagine it's, you know, the, the feeling must be similar Whenever you're walking out to a, to a fight and there's a crowd there, or, or, or I guess more recently there's not a crowd there, I just want to ask you, what is your routine before you walk out there? Them last, them last kind of like thirty minutes before you walk out. What what what's your sort of process uh, before before the walkout, Joe? So basically, oh, don't go, don't let the nerves take over. Uh, you're probably visiting the the, the toilet. Every every minute, <laughs> trying to finish up your warm up, just making sure you're like you feel ready and you you got a good sweat on, and then yeah, it's just basically staying calm and not letting your thoughts and feelings take over, you know, because you know that it's getting close and you're kind of looking at the door like waiting for the runner to come and get you and say it's your time or let's go, let's do this. So, yeah, just trying to stay calm and making sure that 
I've done the warm up and I'm ready to go. And then you're just around your team and you're listening to them. But usually I'm pacing up and down, up and down, or round and round. Uh, and yeah, just staying calm. And that, and then to be honest, that 30 minutes, looking at it now, it feels like 30 seconds because you're like, he's like, it feels like it's it's 30 minutes, but then it's, when you look back, you're like, oh, geez, that went by really quick. Like, can I go back in? I'm still not ready. I, I, I can hit the pads <laughs> a few more times before I have to go out in front of everyone and have someone physically try and beat me up. <laughs> is, is that something that... The, the nerves is that because I'm just trying to think if that's something that through experience it gets easier to deal with that but then uh, you know watching as your career's grown you know uh, obviously each event now feels like it's getting bigger and bigger and there's probably more depending on it you know as, as you're moving closer to you know that title shot like is it something that that you can control or or, or do you feel like more you know do the nerves grow as as the kind of the gravitas of your you know your your fights and your career grow yeah you definitely can control it but i think the things that you can't control is like injuries and like if you're taking it on short notice or if you've had a good camp or if you've had a bad camp all those things you can't really control uh, because this is a full contact sport and shit happens, you know, you, you, there's not a fight you go in and you feel 100%, but there's maybe fights that you feel more uh, pressure because you know in the back of your mind, oh, I, I hurt my knee, I couldn't really run for this camp. Or So there's those thoughts that put more pressure on if you have had uh, incidents like that. And I feel like throughout, like I've had 40 fights now that it never gets any easier. It's just things, what you're dealing with or what you dealt with in camp that kind of put more uh, pressure on that mental side of things when you do have to turn up for uh, that day in the office. One thing we also talk a lot about on this show is is the weight cuts and how difficult that can be for fighters and, and taxing on them. Now, you you started your career in the UFC fighting at 115 pounds, and you now fight at 125 pounds. So, how firstly, like how difficult were were those weight cuts at, to 115, and and kind of what was it that you were doing to make that weight, and also. Now that you're cutting 10 pounds less weight, how much do you feel that that, that improves not just your performance in the octagon, but your, your, maybe your health and happiness outside of it as well? Yeah, that's another thing I should have probably not uh, put in if you had a good cut or that. That also comes into a play for pressure and turning up on the day. But for that, like now I feel so much better I, I started off my even my Muay Thai career when I was making 52 kilos which is 115 and so just it takes a toll on your body you know you're doing this I've been doing it for 20 years now and your body and you're getting older and you know you're always train, you're always changing your training and your knowledge Back then, I didn't really know what I was doing. And now, like, I have access to the Performance Institute and they've learned me a lot about my body and that kind of thing. So uh, the resources are better now. 
Whereas before it was just don't eat and train harder, which that that's yeah, that's that's cool for the first couple of camps. But if you're doing that every camp, your your start your mentality and your life. Like if you think about having not like maybe not eating for a day, you're miserable, right? Even skipping a meal, yeah. you're miserable. So can you imagine? Oh, if I skip a chocolate bar, I'm miserable. So <laughs> can you imagine? Like I can remember having to do like an hour fasted run before I actually turned up for training. So it's like I'm already depleted. I'm already like, oh my god, I hate my life. Like, why do I have to go now and try and pay attention to technique and drill for an hour and then go live? You know, and yeah. So that just that did mentally and emotionally and physically drain me and it was hard towards the end but now 125 I feel much better you know I have got everything in in a good balance now and I'm more educated thanks to the performance institute so I do do things a, a little bit better now but yeah I'm definitely pleased that that extra 10 pounds <laughs> speaking of, of of food and stuff uh, Joe, the post-fight. So when all's done, what's what's the go-to? Usually pizza, um, a cookie, uh, Oreo cookies and cream milkshake. Oh, lovely! <laughs> That's a good choice. Yeah, uh, you know you can't get chippies over here, but that would be if I was back home, I would definitely get a chippy. Nice. With or without curry sauce, I have to have curry sauce on my fish and chips. Fish and chips? I've never tried it on fish and chips. I've always... Oh, yeah. Ah. Curry sauce from the chip shop is delicious. Oh, oh, I always have it on chips, but I've never thought about it on a fish. Trust me. Well, I've, I've changed your life today, Jojo. That's it. Your life has changed for the better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just for that. Just then go and then turn around and go back. Wait a minute. Um, <laughs> So one of the other things we like to talk about is is social media, because, you know, um, I think anyone, regardless of whether you're a fighter or you work in an office, you can see the toxicity of of social media a lot of the time. So, uh, you know, I I think of you as one of the most likable people in the sport, but even incredibly likable people have to deal with their fair share of nonsense uh, on Twitter. So uh, have you ever had any difficult experiences on social media? And if you have, how do you kind of get past that from a mental standpoint because i imagine that if people are telling you you're rubbish or you're about to get knocked out or something like that it can't not have an effect on you it's just how you deal with it right yeah for sure and i feel like i've just so my not my last fight my fight before when i lost by armbar uh someone i was getting so much messages like one guy says that my called my mum all the names under the sun and said that she she shouldn't have had me. Uh, that was hurtful. And then I had someone, like, people sending me, oh, you owe me money and sending me their Venmo accounts. And, yeah, just a lot of hate. But then my manager managed to get my social media so that I didn't get, uh, get that kind of hate mail. And because... I, right. Well, well done to him. Yeah, I struggled with that, like, because I had, like, you know, it, it's better 
people want to kick you when you're already down. They don't kick you when you're up, you know. They think you're the next best thing and, oh, like, praise you and that kind of thing. But when they see someone down, it's it's weird. Toxic people out there that just get a hit on on kicking people when they're down, which I don't get and I've never got it. And But throughout my career, I've been lucky enough to not get a lot of hate, but just probably because that's fresh in my mind that, yeah, that did happen. And also, I, I now kind of, I've learnt myself that people, you know, you can get a hundred positive messages and that one person that sends you something horrible, you're going to be like, oh, geez. So, and you're probably more likely to reply to them, but that's what they want, you know. They want you to reply. So I've learned now that, no, don't let it bother you. I keep my circle small and it's like you're with me or you're against me. And uh, if you're with me, then we'll go far and enjoy the journey with those people. And the rest is it's just the way life is, the world is. Yeah. Uh, you're going to have to deal with those people. They're always going to be there, uh, unfortunately. But yeah, deal with just moving forward to your your the good people you want around you. That's that's great advice, Jojo. And for the record, we're definitely with you. And uh, to anyone else out there listening that's having that kind of stuff, that is what the mute button's for. I've used it many times because they love it when they when you when you block them, they're almost like, yeah, I've I've been blocked by so and so, and they wear it as some kind of stupid badge of honor or something. But the mute button is just so much more effective. Yeah, I also use that too. I just yeah yeah. I just try and laugh at that and I'll have a laugh with John. I'll be like, look at this asshole. And then we'll have a laugh and then block and then you don't have to, well, until the next person, but we just ha- try and laugh at it, block again. And then, yeah. <laughs> or you, you go in and look at their profile and you're like, oh, really? <laughs> and then you Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, or they've they've got like one follower they're just like some kind of weird bot or something yeah it's it's strange it's strange that's it that's what we're living in right now and it's but the power of social media like I, I just noticed that with my this fight that's coming up you know I went on Twitter and I was like I was kind of getting a bit restless like should I still be chasing this fight and I went on Twitter and then like the next day it got booked and I was like oh so it, it has its it's, it's pros and cons. <laughs> and, and so in regards to the fight that's coming up, and there's also another um, big fight in your division coming up very, very soon. Just want to get your thoughts on that fight, um, the Shevchenko fight. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it next weekend. Uh, I'm terrible at predictions, but I, cannot, I, I have this feeling that Jessica's going to do it. Uh, I've been in the octagon with Jessica and she is a powerhouse and that was at strawweight so uh, she's been looking awesome Valentina, she never changes she looks awesome and dominant so I think it's going to be a good fight but I've got a little feeling that Jessica's going to get it but I, I would be happy with either of them winning to be honest they're both awesome fighters well, the, the most important fight is obviously coming up in June, which is Jojo Caldwood versus Lauren Murphy, which a lot of people are seeing as the number one contender fight in that division. Obviously, we'll be massively backing you for that, Jojo. What, um, what, uh, 
you had a fight with Jessica Rye recently, and I think you made it quite clear that you weren't a big fan of Jessica. She she wasn't your best friend by any stretch of the imagination. Um, does that help in a fight if you don't like someone, or or does it not make any difference to you? You're there to do a job. Yeah. That's the first time that's actually happened. But then when you, like, when I watched the fight back, I was like, oh, geez, I was. I just kind of jumped in and we started fighting straight off. And uh, the kind of start of the fight was, I feel like I did get let my emotions run. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. oh, get, let me get my hands on her. Uh, but I've never really had that. Uh, and I... It was good and it was, but no, I feel like it just doesn't really matter. And now I see her, like I still see her every day. And I'm, but that's kind of like I fought her, got the win, wouldn't be able to live with myself if I lost. <laughs> and <laughs> but I'm like, I'm glad that I can come back and just like see her in the PI, but don't like pay attention to her. She's just there get, getting her working like I am. But uh, yeah, I think. Obviously, we have to be professional, but the only thing I can see is when I look back at the fight, I probably did that little part of the emotions of I just want to get my hands on her came out, but I managed to still get the job done and still be professional. And I didn't disrespect anyone. So that was the main thing. Have you, have you got time for one last question, Jojo? Or are you, have you got a head off? Have you got... I've got another person, but I think... They've got oh, you've got enough person. No, you, you're cool. You're good. Well, do, do, something else we try and highlight on the podcast are difficulties that, that female fighters will face that male fighters don't face. And we spoke to Molly McCann recently. And one of the things we actually spoke about uh, was was periods. And she was saying that she uh, is someone that checks her calendar immediately when she's offered a fight because she's someone that can get physically sick, can affect weight cuts, all those types of things. And she threw out a statistic that 80 percent of uh, you're 80 percent more likely to be injured on the first first day of your period and when you think about three weeks of like a 10-week training camp could be interrupted with that it could affect your your regime I mean uh, are you similarly thinking about kind of timings of fights with 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 correlation to kind of when you'd be on or anything or, or, or is there something else that male fans won't really consider or think about uh, and give female athletes enough enough credit for that we're not realizing that female athletes have to kind of jump over these extra hurdles yeah that would be nice if you could plan it around you know uh, when's best for you I know everyone's different for me throughout my career I've uh, it's never really been that big of a problem for me uh, and I've always managed to make weight regardless whenever because we don't have control over when we can say oh I want to fight on this date it would be nice yeah. <laughs> but so you kind of have to do a plan ahead like what Molly was saying and because you could have maybe that extra five pounds of water to cut so you have to plan yeah. ahead and yeah that is a struggle of ours uh, and it, uh, the one thing for me is just like I said for my career it was struggling to find training partners because guys they're awesome but sometimes they would go too hard or they would just be stronger than you so you, you would lose your confidence uh, or they would go really light and let you work and 
that's not really realistic for the sport we're in. So, yeah, my main problem throughout my career was just finding uh, training partners, female ones. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Welcome back to Two Judgy Girls. I'm Mary from the Bay. And I'm Courtney from LA. TJG is the podcast where we spill all the tea on your favorite reality TV shows, celebrity gossip, and everything in between. We're here to bring you our unfiltered opinions, hilarious commentary, and plenty of laughs along the way. We're two SDSU Delta Gamma sisters with a microphone and a whole lot of opinions. Each week, we dive headfirst into the wild world of reality television from Bravo to all the trash TV you could want. We break down the drama, dissect the latest scandals, and share our thoughts on everything from the jaw-dropping moments to the embarrassing antics. But that's not all. We're not here to just gossip. We're here to connect with you, the jurors, and share our love of all things pop culture. Whether we're dishing on the latest celebrity breakups, discussing our favorite guilty pleasure movies, or sharing embarrassing stories from our own lives, we promise to keep it real, keep it fun, and keep you coming back for more. Come judge with us. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com Jojo, we're we're aware that um, we've got limited time with you, so it's been an absolute delight talking to you, and and on behalf of both Blake and myself, we wish you all the best uh, in your upcoming fight, and we can't wait to to see you after that, get that belt, bring it back to Scotland, and ideally we'd love to see you defend it in Scotland again. Oh yeah, that's the plan, right? Back back or somewhere here, maybe, maybe a stadium or... Yeah, that would be awesome. Somewhere where it's more Morris, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you so much, Jojo. No problem, guys. Thank, Thank you, Jojo. All the Thank best. You. Thanks, Thanks, Jojo. Well, that's it. There Bad mofo Jojo on the show, on the show show. Uh, yeah, no, she, she was great, wasn't she? I love, I love her voice Beautiful. so much. It's yeah. such a great voice. It's so kind of um, uh, contradictory to what you then see yeah. in, in the octagon. This, this, you know, quite brutal Muay Thai fighter, and then she speaks with just, just such a soft, lovely, delicate voice. Yeah. It's just, yeah, I, I love that. It's a lovely little contrast there. But um, yeah, 
wonderful person. What do you think? Yeah, I, 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 it was. Yeah, it was absolutely fantastic. I thought she, she was uh, a, a wonderful chat and really interested to hear her say that uh, she she's got a feeling Andrage might pull something off. I mean, yeah, I'm not sure exactly when this episode's going to be out. So by the time this comes out, we may well know the answer to that. I don't know. Um, yes. But yeah, it was really interesting. Obviously, she speaks from experience, as she said. You know, she's been in that octagon uh, and, and has felt that powerhouse. So uh, yeah, and it was great to hear that she ain't bothered either. Like she's ready for either of them, which I thought was great. I loved that. I loved that she just she didn't care. She just wants to fight for that belt. I don't think she's in any way looking past Lauren Murphy at all. I think she's going to go in there, mm-hmm. do what she needs to do against Lauren Murphy, and then this next person up. I, I suppose the only potential downside is that if Andrade wins, does Valentina get an immediate rematch? So sure. in a way... I'm kind of hoping that Valentina wins so that Jojo can just slide straight in there into a title shot after the Lauren Murphy fight, fingers crossed. Um, But yeah, lovely. The thought of her defending or or, or even just having a fight in in Scotland for the belt or something like that, oh, that would blow the roof off the place, wouldn't it? Imagine that. After show party, chips, curry sauce all over the place, pizza. (laughs) Chips and curry sauce. That's the one. That is the one. Well, if this is your first time listening uh, to the MMA Fan Podcast, firstly, thank you very much. Um, Hope you enjoyed that chat with Jojo. Um, There's a stack of other chats that you can get stuck into. As as Blake mentioned, um, towards the end when he was talking to Jojo, we've we've spoke to uh, fellow UFC uh, fighter Molly McCann, uh, other UFC fighters we've spoke to, uh, Nathaniel Wood, um, now officially a UFC fighter, Paddy Pimlet. Um, who else have we had on? Keep trying to Arnold Allen. Now Arnold Allen. Ranked featherweight. Eighth. Amazing. Eighth in the world. Um, yeah, Former also, UFC ledge. Brad Pickett. Yes, Brad Pickett. We've had Brad Pickett on. And uh, we've got interviews with, uh, with, with John Gooden. Uh, coming up John Gooden is a UFC commentator and he's got some great stories from behind the scenes some real good and, uh, that one. yeah and uh, and also a fight or flight coming up with, with Lee Max uh, a very very funny human Not being and be uh, we look forward to that in that in that fight or flight we look back at um, Travis Brown versus Andre Olovsky all four and a bit minutes of it yeah. <laughs> so yeah Absolutely, and also go back and uh, and check our fight off flight with uh, Star of King Gary, uh, Laura Checkley. That's a great one. We gave her. Um, oh God, what fight did we give her? We uh, gave her Joanna Jacek versus Young Wei Lee. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic! Wow. What a fight that was. And she loved it as well. She was she was yeah. all over it. And, and obviously our initial episode as well. Um, fellow podcaster and actor Scroobius Pip on a double header. With um, your, with Emily your, your Head. fellow, uh, with Emily Head. Header, with Emily Head. I thought you were going to make that joke. I can't believe it didn't come to Damn you. Damn it. Uh, um, but uh, uh, yeah, so uh, Emily Head, we gave her Adesanya versus Kelvin Gastelum, and that yep. was something else. That might be my new favourite fight. I absolutely loved that. Um, and yeah, and then Thomas Turgoose, we gave Rory McDonald, Robbie Lawler, too. Woo! 
which is also a phenomenal fight. It's a bloodfest, that one. So there's a stack of stuff for you to get stuck into. There's some amazing guests coming up soon as well, so you don't want to miss them. And the best way to ensure that happens uh, is to subscribe. If you subscribe, you will not miss anything because you won't even have to think about it. Each episode, sometimes one a week, sometimes two a week, we, you know... We've only recently just started doing a few bonus ones where Blake and I pick a certain fight or a certain division or certain anything, really, and just do a little bonus episode for you. So if you subscribe, you will not miss them. They'll just pop up on your listening device. And if you want to stay up to speed outside of the podcast, we're pretty active on the socials, Blake, right? Yep, we are MMA Fan Podcast. We're on Twitter, we're on Instagram, we're on Facebook, and we're not just putting up information about our podcast and what's coming up ne- next, but we're also putting up information, uh, breaking news about fights, some Twitter beef and banter that's always interesting. You always want to yeah. sit down with your popcorn and read a bit of Twitter beef and banter between the fighters. Uh, notably, Conor McGregor, Dustin Poirier recently all getting a bit Ooh. tasty regarding the old uh, Good Fight Foundation donation or lack of donation, uh, however you want to feel about that. Um, so, yeah, there's, there's loads to catch up with on the socials, on the podcast. Come and join us. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.